Hey, what's going on, SG Squared listener? Jason Banzoff here, producer for the Group Talk Network of Podcasts. We're going to be playing some former episodes to give you new content every single week. Some of these may be from the past couple of years, but they are still relevant today. You may hear something about COVID or some other things that may have gone at that time, so don't be worried. We did not go back in time. However, uh, these are going to be great episodes for you to listen to, so make sure you tune in to SG Squared every single week. Now on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to SG Squared. Steve Bladen, Global Small Groups Pastor at Saddleback Church, pulls from his 20-plus years of small group ministry experience to encourage and equip listeners to lead more effective small group ministry. Sit back, learn, and enjoy SG Squared with Steve Gladen. To the leadership learning, and I think we're talking about um, EQ baselines. Steve, take it away. Well, you know, these are just great baselines for any small group pastor. and. Uh, you know, there's so many of us, um, you know, and, and you'll hear a little bit later on in the show when we have Dave ends on that uh, Dave and I both have been in ministry since uh, dirt was was brought into existence. And so it was. Uh, but oftentimes when you got into ministry, you kind of felt like, man, I'm not qualified. I don't know what I can do. And, there, you know, the resources that are available now just weren't as plentiful uh, back then. But during summer, again, what I would encourage you to do, I'm going to fire through 10 things that are super easy engagement for any small group pastor to can, can do. Whether you're day one in small group ministry or whether you're in year 30 uh, plus like uh, Dave and I and Derek are, I want to encourage you. Actually, Derek, I just aged you quite a bit. Didn't mean to, but you know. Uh, you're, you're barely 30. So uh, we'll kind of go with that. Uh, whether you're 30 years old or in ministry 30 years, uh, we can do that. But uh, let me fire through these 10, 10 things that you can do. Super easy engagement. And this will uh, help you out, uh, especially if you're new to the game. But I think they're good reminders for all of us that are late to the game, because sometimes we we get a little lazy and rest on our laurels. And we don't want to do that. Like, uh, uh, the Washington Huskies do and tend to lose in football because of that. But we'll just, Ouch. I know, man. That was below the belt. I know. Uh, I, was, I was hoping you were going to tee into the show with, you know, college football because we're, you know, uh, less than 70 days till kickoff. But anyways, number one, uh, being on time. Simple, simple, simple. Uh, when you're not on time, you're not showing people that uh, their time is valuable. Number two, work ethic. Uh, you know, there's so much in scripture about throwing everything you can into what God has given you. Uh, I was doing a conference with Chris Surratt, and he talked about uh, bloom where you're planted. And uh, part of work ethic is just saying, don't look about what you wish you had, uh, you know, care about what God has given you and what you do have. Uh, three, effort. Effort's a great piece that you can put into your uh, lifestyle and show that you care about things. Uh, how you show up to stuff says a, a lot about who you are. So making sure you give the effort. Uh, four, body language. Man, there there is so much, and this is this is you know obviously one of those things that um, we learn in small group ministry. But body language is important when you you're looking at people and what kind of body language are you giving. Uh, not body odor, but body language. And so I know uh, since we're coming out of the pandemic, you know, people are learning about showering uh, daily now, and that's exciting. Uh, but body language, what are you doing? Number five, energy. What kind of energy do you bring to the table? 
Uh, are you excited when you come to a meeting? Are you excited when you come to a training? Are you excited when you bumped it into people on the patio? Uh, what, what's that energy level that you're bringing? Which uh, kissing cousin of that, number six, attitude. What kind of attitude do you have? And what the attitude that you bring starts in your mind. And so it's going to be important. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about soul care uh, throughout all of our trainings and so many of our podcasts and so many of the articles. But, you know, soul care starts in the brain. You don't start sinning right away. You, it's, it festers in your brain. Same thing with your attitude. Uh, how, you're, how you're dealing with people, uh, you want to make sure that attitude is sharp. Uh, seven, passion. What's your passion? And uh, this is what I love. Uh, you know, science has taught us uh, through the reticulating activating system in the base of your brain uh, is that three things, you know, break through uh, your, your brain's filter on what you see in this world. And one of them is fear. Another one is unusual things. Uh, but the third thing is what you value. And what you let through your brain uh, is, you know, things that you value. And when your brain knows it's something you value, it goes through your reticulating, activating system in your brainstem. Uh, I could spend probably 20 minutes teaching you about that. But for right now, just uh, understand your passion comes out of what you value. I didn't and know you were a psychologist. This is awesome. I, I know. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, PhD stands for a lot of different things, but, you know, uh, Actually, I don't even know what PhD stands for, but, you know, <laughs> Bill Donahue would be very disappointed in me right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is one of those things where uh, you just do a little simple reading on sociology and it, you pick up these pieces. But passion is what is going to drive you through the thick and through the thin of, of what it's about. And uh, like I said, the studies that have been done to show that, you know, you tend to be passionate about what you value. And... Um, are people what you value or is your paycheck what you value or what you drive, what you value, but lots on that I could go into, don't have time. Number eight, uh, being coachable. Uh, that's what I love about uh, the small group network. I, I, I learn from everybody, even Dave Enns is going to be on the show in just a little bit, you know, you, you learn from him <laughs> and uh, but you, you learn from everybody in the network. And if you're not coachable, you're, you're not going to be done there. I mean, so many things at the network. I know Derek has taken a new job. Great time for me to toot his horn. But he brought a lot of things to the network that I didn't never thought about and uh, sounded crazy. But, you know, they ended up being, you know, things that move the network to the next level. But when you're when you're coachable and you understand, then you can uh, learn and be far better than what you are. Number nine, doing extra. You know, in the book of Nehemiah, uh, I think it's chapter three, when he goes through the big, long list of people who did things, there's only one person that did extra. And, uh, and it's noted in the scripture. And he not only took care of his part of the wall, he went and helped with somebody else. And scripture acknowledged that. But doing the extra mile, and that's why, even though we're small group people, we're all about the house-to-house -house movement. When I'm on uh, the temple court side on the weekends, when I'm at a service, I'm always looking to see how I can do extra to help people out when there's need. And number 10, being prepared. And being prepared is, you know, you know, uh, Derek and I are college football nuts and we, we, we love that, but we know the value. The off season always predicts what's going to happen in the real season. 
and being prepared. And that's why we have courses. That's why we have conferences. That's why we have cohorts that are available to you to make sure that you are prepared to do small group ministry best way you can. 10 quick things uh, just to get your small group pastor baseline rock solid as you're, you're sitting in summer. So uh, we'll throw these 10 things in the show notes for you so you can uh, relook at them and just say, hey, uh, you know, how am I doing on each one of these 10? That was a great, great list. Uh, especially that last one, you said being prepared. You know, you mentioned, Steve, that we're college football nuts. And I think that one's really uh, important, especially to my team, the Washington Huskies, you know, because we're not able to pay players like Ohio State. So we have to really be prepared and practice extra hard to beat uh, teams like Ohio State who pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to their players. Wow, that, that root of bitterness is super deep, man. I, but, but, but I love whenever we can have fake news on our show. That's just great. Hey, Small Group Network family, Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk producer, and I want to talk to you real quick about our blogs. Have you read any of our blog articles this summer? These articles are written by Small Group Point people like yourselves who are in the trenches every single day. Here are just a few. Five Ways to Plan on Getting Refreshed This Summer by Peter Englert, A Small Group Summer of Purpose by Jackie Van Hook, and Six Summer Strategies to Invigorate Your Small Groups by Reed Smith. Check out these articles and get the most out of your summer. Visit smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash resources to start reading them today. Now back to Inside Saddleback. All right, we're rounding the corner to the home base of this episode. We are talking about the grand finale, the trending topic. And like Steve hinted earlier, this is part two uh, from last last month is sermon-based curriculum hazardous to your health. Steve, take it away. Well, to our small group health. It's not, it's not hazardous to your health, but your small group health. Yeah, so last week, uh, and Dave, Dave Enns is uh, on our show, and it's so excited to have him. And uh, he'll fire up his mic and be ready to jump in here at any moment. But one of the things that we're excited about is uh, in this part of the, the show is we, we talked last week about uh, can, is sermon-based curriculum hazardous to your small group's health? And one of the things we, we spent on, we were talking about some of the pros of sermon-based curriculum, which, uh, which we shared at the, at the top of that particular segment that uh, Saddleback does use sermon-based. We don't use it solely year in and year out, but we, but we do have it available. Um, but we talked about some of the pros, and that is it's, it's, you know, it's you know, pretty basic, uh, good, a good way for your small group leaders to get equipped. Uh, it's a good way to start groups. It's a good way to get equipped because your uh, I got to do is watch a sermon, and then most churches they'll produce uh, the questions for you to review uh, and apply it. And so there's a great piece with that. Uh, we talked about one of the negatives is you know if you if you don't make that particular weekend and you didn't watch online, you tend to be uh, at the mercy of the small group leader remembering the sermon. And so, you know, that could be dangerous since, you know, we tend to forget things 72 hours after uh, we've heard them. And so if you don't write it down. And so uh, part of that is is one of the reasons why we started instilling in our sermon-based stuff um, video curriculum. But uh, as you know that um, my buddy Dave ends, Dave, how long have we known each other? I know it's decades, but, uh, you know, am am I right on that? Yeah, I would say 
15 years, 20, maybe, uh-huh. I don't know, something like and that. And just, just so our audience can get to know you a little bit better, how long have you been? You've been down at North Coast for how long? North Coast, 31 years. I know I look like I'm 35, Derek's age, who you made him sound like he's really old. And I'm like, whoa, Derek, you look, you're much older than you look, but we corrected <laughs> that. So we're questioning Steve's credibility on occasion, but we'll, we're going with it, right? Yeah, th- th- those numbers were, were pretty bad on my part. I'll, I'll own up to that. But Dave, uh, you know, give us a give us a snapshot. You're down at North Coast. It's obviously sermon based all the time. Uh, quite different than Saddleback. We both have recognized throughout the years we have different approaches to ministry, but somehow people still get saved and people still get Amen. discipled in Amen. either one of our our models. So it's a it's it's a miracle of Jesus of how he does that thing. But give us a little recap of. Uh, what your church is, who you are, and uh... yeah, yeah, been there, been there, thirty-one years. Came on as a high school guy, launched the college ministry, exciting stuff, and then about eighteen years ago, moved into the groups ministry here at North Coast, and and groups ministry, the percentage involved in groups is our definer of our health here, and I think what we're known for is that, and. Um, Moved into that role, and I thought, nah, there's no way I would ever want to be a groups pastor because is that really a real pastor, right? And because I always wanted to be this lead type person, moved into this role and have never looked back because I realized my job is to create parties every week for a group of people to connect and care for one another. And um, that is something I've been doing my whole life, and I can't believe I actually get paid to do it every week. So, Um, Isn't it amazing how many people, you know, take a demotion and become a senior pastor or a campus pastor? I agree. We pray for those people, don't we, Steve? (laughs) I like how Dave said he gets to, he gets paid to create parties. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Because everybody wants to get connected. So, right. I mean, that's, that's party. Yeah, it's party. Yep. So Dave, give us a little, uh, obviously our topic is uh, curriculum and obviously uh, your sermon base. What does, I mean, a lot of viewers may not understand what that means in totality. And if I try to explain it like I do every show, you know, or on a show, it can be done. What What is sermon based? Yeah. Is it- it's, a, it's a lecture lab format. So you hear the message on the weekend, whether in person or online and in our format, we have, you've got those questions for your group right there in your outline as you're taking notes and in, engaged in that. And then that week, you take that and discuss that, dig into the Word a little bit more, use another passage of Scripture and talk about, well, how, how do you live life? How do you put this into action? And so that has been our format now for, I think we've been doing groups for 34 years here um, at North Coast. And so uh, that's, that's what we do. So I'm one of the curriculum writers, uh, write part-time on that. And we got a number of people that jump in on that. And there's a lot of ways to dice and slice that too. You know, one, one thing that we can point out on the differences and it's uh, just talking about purely on the sermon-based things is, is you, you go with where your giftedness is. And uh, so a couple things is uh, at North Coast and Dave, you can jump in, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, they tend to do the planning piece and work on it ahead of the message uh, I think I got that right, don't I? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Whereas in our culture, we, we have no clue with Rick with what's coming down the pike. So we have uh, volunteers that attend our uh, first service uh, uh, at four o'clock on Saturday. <laughs> and then they, um, uh, they'll listen to it and they'll write it. And their goal is always to post it 
by midnight uh, up on the site right. for, for, for people to grab. So, so two things that I want you to catch in there, if, you, if you're going purely on the sermon-based side of it, is, you know, if your pastor's a planner, then you can work ahead of time with, with your staff. And then, you know, we, we just adapted, you know, our volunteers. We have four teams that rotate every fourth week that will attend the four o'clock and, and write. The other thing too, is that, uh, you know, my gift set isn't writing. So one of the things that I do is uh, we've been using volunteers since July of 99. And Dave, you lean a little bit more into your staff because you have the ability because it's, you, you have it a little ahead of time. So. Yeah. And a little ahead of time is super important. People go, Oh, you get the questions in advance. We know what they're speaking on weeks in advance. Absolutely not. That's not true. We have a sermon, uh, sermon uh, uh, prep meeting on Tuesdays that we get an idea of what the sermon is on. And sometimes we get points too. And that gets super exciting when that ever happens. So, um, so that's our, it's the, you know, it's, it's the hot thing that we do every week is writing those questions. Yeah. So uh, I'm just a little bit lazier and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go volunteers all the time, but. I love that, Steve, because that's what we say working with other churches. There is no specific person that needs to write the questions. It's a person that can write the questions. So, you know. It, it's, it's pretty, pretty fun and uh, that I can go with that. So Dave, let's, let's talk about health. Uh, obviously, one of the things that we said on the show is that uh, whereas we're, we try to, uh, obviously, we use sermon base for filler and that you're using it year round. What, what do you feel are the advantages of using it year round? And I can kind of share where Saddleback's point is. Yeah, that's, that's great, Steve. I, I also, Steve, want to mention, Steve gave me a call uh, right as he was uh, making that podcast because he goes, hey, man, there's a, you're my friend. Hey, I need to talk to you. I'm a, you're my friend. And I'm like, uh-oh, where's he going? What's he? I had no clue. And you're like, well, I did a message on, um, or I'm doing a podcast on uh, sermon-based uh, uh, groups and why they're no good. No, you didn't use that term, right? <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? What are you doing? And and, but I really appreciated that call. And for those of you who are listening, uh, Steve goes, well, what do you think about that? I go, I think you need to have me on your next podcast. And so here we are. And I, again, appreciate you a lot, Steve. Appreciate Derek a lot more, but just for the record. But, uh, <laughs> I know. It's, 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 Derek's lovable. I mean, he's like right. a Labrador. Right. He's, he's just right there. I tend to be oh, yeah. a little bit more like a pit bull. So. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. Love to, love to share my heart on that. And uh Good, good stuff. I, when I came to North Coast 31 years ago, I, don't worry, this isn't a 31 year story, but you're like, what the heck? Um, uh, I, w- I went to a men's event and I was, we're a church of 700 people in the church at that point. And I went to that men's event and I sensed this unity, not uniformity, but unity with the men there. And I didn't know what it was. I was a youth pastor. I mean, I was doing my youth ministry stuff and all that and just loving that. Um, and what I suddenly realized, well, suddenly over the next couple of years is the value of that sermon-based piece. And I thought, oh, this is genius. I've always felt like when growing up in the church, they gave me too many Bible studies. It's like, I need to just work on this one. We need to discuss this one. And they give another one, another one, another one. And, and really, I was thinking this, and it made it true, is that most people don't need to hear another Bible study that week as much as they need to get together with some other people and figure out how to live and discuss the one they already have. 
And that's what we've been doing at North Coast for these the past 34 years. We were doing topicals and all kinds of other ones. And we just decided to do a company of the committed, kind of like a campaign, like, like uh, churches often do, you guys do. And what we found when we went to Sermon Base for that one session was incredible. Um, people were suddenly taking notes. They were more active and participatory into the, the, uh, the message during, while they were listening because they knew they had to discuss it that week, and it was part of that topic. Um, and then they went home and discussed, you know, had some prep work that they could do, five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, whatever they decide, and then they discussed it. So at that point, we never turned back. We just go, this is rich. Is one of the things that's like, what would happen, one of the things we say is, is what would happen in your church if everybody, after the message, and how would the teaching pastor feel about this, if somebody actually studied your sermon further, what would that effect have on your church? And then actually, what would happen if they discussed it with other people and talked to how to live that, talked about how to live that out? And that is what we have seen at North Coast. And it has just been an incredible ride for us in the, in the midst of that. And um, again, if people are opening up their Bibles on their own, even it's such a, such a big deal. We've, you know, what's our, what's our whole purpose at North coast to make uh, disciples in a healthy church environment. We've got your five W's word, worship, witness, work, and warmth. And warmth is our relational peace. Our, our connection of life groups is what we would, what we would call them. And that's that whole thing is connecting people to God and one another. And God's word in one another. That's like one of our major health markers. And that's why for us, we're like percentage is high because we don't want people just to be at the concert on the weekend. We want them to be in relationship in the church during the week. And yeah, so, so, many, so many nuggets that are in there. Obviously, senior pastors love it when you can study your curriculum uh, throughout the week. And uh, obviously, it's easier on your groups. It's a, uh, you know, whether it's your, your five W's or the five purposes, I think they both right. you know you know, get to, to where the Great Commission and Great Commandment are. Uh, Dave, interesting to have your comment uh, or, you know, uh, critique or commentary on this because one, one, one of the pieces is obviously we, there's a discussion is, is the weekend for the individual and, and is the curriculum for the small group leader? Because one of the things we obviously have sermon based, but we also have what we call a map a message application plan that uh, takes the sermon deeper for the individual. And so obviously we lean a little bit higher into the individual, thus using our curriculum a little bit more for, for teaching on health. Uh, because, you know, if a group is weak in one of our five purposes, or if a group is weak in one of your five W's, uh, we use curriculum to enhance that. What, what if uh, the, the group isn't quite, um, if they're, if you're talking about, um, parenting on the weekend and they're, they may not be quite there or they need to grow in a different area. Um, how are you guys coming around them? Because I know that you have other metrics outside of curriculum to, uh, to bring about health. And if you want to share those, you can jump to it. And I, and I love that comment you made last week because you brought that up. Hey, what if a group is going another direction? Let me, let me go back to one thing also about, cause you mentioned about engagement. We have found when our groups are in meeting, our engagement in weekend or the message, whether it's online or in person, goes through the roof. We jumped by 30% last fall, online views. And that, you know, that's the whole COVID thing going on. But that we find that does help. We we find we find that people are just engaging more. Well, to us, that's a major if we can get people 
reading their by hearing the word and reading their Bibles, we're like, there's not a whole lot more we ask for yeah. because that's what we would call a health marker. And now we're going to leave it up to the Holy Spirit to work with them and their health. Your question on parenting is like, can a sermon-based group go and do a parenting series? Well, of course they can. We just want them, we go, hey, we want to do a little, our own little parenting series. And we talk to our leaders and we're training them. Like, hey, also your weeks, your, the questions we have, we teach them and try to train them that, hey, you can adapt these questions. But if you have another curriculum that you want to pull in, you can. Now, do very many do that? No, they don't. Um, but if they do choose one, well, one of the things that we say is I'll tell them, hey, pick three or four chapters because there's typically three or four chapters are really the good chapters. And then all the rest of the chapters, the one the publisher needs you to publish to make a big book. And, and, and you're we'll, talking about the Bible there for a second. There's only no, three no, or no, good no, chapters. Not, not the Bible. No. And yeah, mm-hmm. it, I'm, I'm holding back and not, not talking about your book either. It's all good. Right. <laughs> right. Steve? Okay. Anyway, um, it's thick though, dude, that's a thing. No, I think I would, I'd actually agree with you on that one. <laughs> so, but, but, but one of the things is like, hey, pick three chapters from that, whatever your topic is, that what, you know, whether it's evangelism, whatever it is, but don't take the whole book because most groups won't make it through a book. That's just what we found. They just don't. And, but if you pick three chapters and it's going good, then you continue to go, go through the rest of the book or you have success at just doing three. Yeah. I mean, we, we, there's no fail there. So yeah, with most groups too, it, they, they need the, the shorter, the better. When we've done mm-hmm. surveys before, a, a three-week series is about most they can tap into or tap out of, or you just give them the, the time timeline that uh, frees them up. But if it's too long, you, the group is going to get discouraged because they didn't, they didn't finish it. And so and, you, you want to work on that. And, you know, most groups don't, um, or most curriculums, don't meet your flow of rhythm of relationships of what your how your group is working. It's their questions. They're not taking into account. This is your first week, fourth week, 10th week, how it all works. Cause there's a relationship building rhythm that are in groups. And so that's one of the things with our sermon based. So this isn't just sermon based. We're on that quarter system. We meet 10 weeks. And so there's this rhythm of, Hey, start party, gather together, set your expectations. Last week is, hey, say goodbye if you want, stick in if you want, and hey, what's your thoughts and how has God worked? Well, that's a rhythm of relationship. So as a church, we're really good at doing the Bible in a lot of ways, but we're not really good at helping people navigate relationships. So and, Dave, on the quarter quarter system, I mean, do, do the groups stay consistent or do they jump out and go to another one? So one of our health markers is our people stay in. So 80% of our people are staying in groups from quarter to quarter. The same group or jumping into same group, same, same group. group, and there's you know there's a switch over, and then there's new people. So what are health markers? And so you are asking is one is is there retention? Are people staying in groups? Because if they're not, then they're not building you know those kind of relationships that we want them to build. The other one is retaining leadership and new leadership. Are you retaining? If you're losing leadership, then maybe you're 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 not you're not um, giving your leaders what they need to lead. So those are kind of, those are two of our big ones there. And then new leadership, are you able to raise up new leadership? And most of those are coming out of groups where they're launching. And so if you're not raising up new leadership, wait, we may have, we have a health, we kind of beginning to have an ingrown type issue. And then are people signing up for groups when you do signups? And 
Because um, if they're not, I mean, again, if your church is growing and you're at a high percentage, you're not going to have a lot of growth. Yeah. Um, but if you're, you know, does it matching your growth? And is there really a place to have relationships? Because we would say a healthy person is, tell me who knows you. You go, hey, I love Jesus. I'm following him. Amen. That tell me who knows you is one of our health questions. Yeah, I think a lot of that is, you know, because you can get into the attendance or, you know, where you're going and uh, whether you take attendance or not. I think that what is always true and when you're looking at engagement is who are you connecting with and who who are the people you're caring for? Because attendance uh, won't get you health, but health will always get you attendance. And so there's there's different uh, there's, it's important with your church, however, however you're going with this is figure out how are you measuring health and how are you using the tools that God has given you to uh, get health maximized uh, with that. And just always encourage you to always look at behavioral uh, metrics versus, you know, um, you know, quantified metrics. And what I mean by that Attendance would be a quantified metric, you know, attendance is important, you know, whether people show up or not, but, you know, uh, I know a lot of people who grow old in church, but don't grow up in church. And um, so it's, you know, you just got to make sure your, your health metrics are measuring the, the right things that uh, give you behavioral change uh, in an individual. So that would be our other one is, are they involved in community service? So it's kind of, are we retaining people in groups? Are we, are we developing and retaining leadership? Are people showing up to groups and are they involved? You know, and then are we adding new people to groups? So those are our behavioral, what you would say, metrics in the midst of that, the big picture. Here's one other thing that, you know, that, that's what we have found the sermon base does is it equals the playing field for who's going to join groups. Um, what do I mean by that? You have your academic, you have your person, that your highly disciplined person, and they're always going to have someone up on it if it's something you need to do on your own completely separate. Whereas if you're listening to the message on the weekend, everybody's hearing the same thing. And then you've got these questions there that are, you know, that everybody's answering. So you don't have to be the most disciplined or academic person reader to be able to have insight into what your discussion is going to be like or how to dig into this. So it really is, that's what we have found is really, really, really helped that. And what else has this helped? It's really helped uh, new believers or spiritually interested people join groups because um, they don't have to come in with a bunch of prep in, in that way. And, you know, one of the things that we have found, like, well, what kind of groups do people join? They join groups of people like themselves. And who are people like themselves? They're at stage of life. Uh, we had general groups, all ages and stages. And, and um, when we decided to divide by station alive, what we found is they already were. That's the kind of group for the most part, you know, generally speaking. And so what we have found is it's new believers or people that are interested joining groups of parent to teens, young parents, young marrieds. And suddenly, and, and we found that new believer groups don't work well because they're two different stages of life and it just their relationship piece doesn't connect. So the relationship stage of life has been the strength of that connection. So that way they can do social things together, their life and schedules work. And then the sermon based piece and the way we're doing it helps get them on an equal and same kind of discussion level of, of even, um, even though their spiritual maturity or experience may be at different levels. And it's an incredible mentoring uh, discipleship piece that happens 
within within groups. Yep. It's uh it's always fun to uh get different perspectives. Uh obviously um you know if you go pure sermon based all year round, you can have uh, one point of view. If you use curriculum in a different route, uh one of the great things is that uh we're 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 cousins, but we're we don't do small groups exactly the same. Uh would uh you know you know, do, do different metrics in different ways, but it's something. Dave, I'll give you the final word. Uh, you know, is sermon-based curriculum hazardous to your small group's health? What, how, how would you answer the question? <laughs> My answer is absolutely not. It gets people into the Word. And that to us, if I got them in the Word with people discussing how to live that out, it's just a, a huge win, huge win. And uh, it, it's fun because we'll, we'll, we'll flip it on the other side of it, always wanting to push down the uh, five verbs and, and work that. I encourage you to listen to last week's episode to hear uh, the vantage point on, on the other side of the coin. But it's, a, it's great to always have, um, uh, it, it, I guess I, I go back to if I go more macro level, I've seen God use senior pastors in so many different ways that are completely wired differently. Amen. And the churches explode in the same way in small group ministry, seeing uh, very, very different approaches uh, and pros and cons on, on each side of the fence that you've got to, got to work with in that. And so uh, it, it's a fun thing. So Dave, thanks for jumping on the show. Derek, you didn't have to ring the bell and send us to our corners uh, in, in the in the <laughs> fight or anything like that. Man, so. Yeah, I thought I was going to be like a referee in a heavyweight <laughs> You UFC did. cage fight, but you guys were pretty nice and pretty civil. Way to go! I know. I, I had to. I had to put on my good hat. You know, yeah, that's it's right. Really, it's well, really killing me. Steve, so. Steve I just want to emphasize what you just said. Our hope, I know this is your hope, is we don't want anyone to be North Coast or Saddleback because those we're just two churches of the many churches that are doing ministry, and everybody's got their style and design and what works best. We just want people to follow Jesus, grab arms and grab as many people to go to heaven with us as possible. And uh, hopefully we can help uh, one another along the way. Well, well, well said in a, in a time where, uh, and not just in the United States, but even globally, uh, the, the world is more divisive than it's, than it's ever been. And uh, so it's, it's always great to, you know, jump on a show and, and hear different points of view and try to grow and try to stretch. And if you got either one of us individually, you'd, you'd go, oh, my goodness, they're right. And then they're right. But somehow Jesus, Jesus is more right. Thank you for listening to Steve Gladen on Small Groups. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.